Welcome to IDP Nation, the place for IDP and draft coverage. We are your hosts, Dan and Daryl. We are IDP Nation. Dan and Daryl here, IDP Nation. Once again, we're back. What's going on, Daryl? What's going on, Dan? A lot, apparently. Uh, I hear you. We, 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 we get ready to hit record, and right off the bat, we uh, my phone goes off, uh, sleeper alert, which sleeper alerts are pretty cool. Uh, and Luke Keekley has announced that he is retiring from the NFL at age 28. Boy, oh boy, did a lot of IDP squads just take a big shot right there a lot of them do but there's a a, there's also a lot of owners that are saying man i'm glad i got rid of him it's true i've been saying to get rid of him for years now yeah me too before actually uh one of my my uh kind of fitting that we're discussing this my uh my like application article that i wrote i basically said to get rid of luke keekley because you know, with the concussion history, his peak, sell high. And, uh, yeah, if you did that a couple years ago, yeah, you missed out on a couple years of production, but now you're not stuck holding that bag of poof, gone, basically. Exactly. Um, so, obviously, if you have him on your roster, he's probably not coming back. Uh, so that's two of the, I would argue, the two of the top five linebackers over the past five years gone. Uh, one, because he's retiring, and the other one because even if he tries to come back, uh, the NFL's not probably going to let him back because of his police activity. That's Telvin Smith. Right. So in, in the course of a year, we, we lost two of the top five linebackers uh, in, in IDP because of uh, one – being a slight knucklehead <laughs> right. and really originally his his motives were fine it's just he <clears throat> too much time on his hands or something got himself in trouble and now even if he tries to come back he's kind of going the antonio brown route um and you know we don't want to confuse that with luke keekley luke keekley as far as i know has been nothing but a stand-up character um good uh good head on his shoulders football player so um, I, I guess, and I don't say that to joke. He wants to maintain his head on his shoulders because you know he was one of those that took a lot of concussions. Yeah, that's and that was the thing. He just he had such a history with the concussion issues, and I I just knew it was a matter of time till it resurfaced. And that was the reason I was like, you know, you got to sell, and. Uh, yeah. Apparently he was worried about it. Clearly he was because he's yeah. retiring basically at a young age. Um, twenty eight is very. It's twenty eight. Your prime in football, like you're, right. you're in mean, your prime. He had he had probably if he wanted to play, probably about three to four more years of a prime. Career. Yeah, yeah. I would say he had three or four more years in prime prime play, and probably another what six, seven, maybe eight if he really wanted to stretch it. 
of a good career. If you want to uh, do the Sean Lee route and just hang on forever until they kick you out. Right. Um, and I get it. You know, if you're worried about health, it makes sense. Uh, I think every player knows the repercussions. Yeah. Uh, the, um, what's the word, Dan? Not repercussions, but uh, the... Um, the consequences of hitting your head yes. against people for Yes, the consequences. Years. You know, everybody knows the consequences when you sign up to play this sport. So yeah. um, I think he's choosing to get out early. Um, and that's fine, but uh, for fantasy uh, purposes, that's a huge blow to a lot of owners. I mean, they there's a lot of owners that were still counting on him, and rightfully so, because like you said, he was still in that peak window where he was an elite player. Like you said, he's probably at least a top, I don't know, I'll be generous and say six to eight range. He's probably a little higher than that, but he could still get it done, so. Yeah, I mean, he was a centerpiece of uh, one of my tr- big trades last year to win the championship, and now that championship uh, it's going to be a little harder without him in my lineup every week. Um, shout out to the Super 32, the 32-team one-copy league. I did take that title down, by the way. <laughs> so it was worth making all of those trades and getting rid of all of those draft picks. Um, and really, I, I guess the biggest... Um, comparison that i can make is patrick willis he kind of got out yes earlier than we but we you know experts you know thought that he should you know i'm not going to tell somebody to do what to do with their brain and their body but uh it's kind of an interesting thing because uh you know my son plays flag football and me and my wife were having a conversation about whether we'd let him play real football and i don't know I played. I played a little bit. I didn't play very long. Uh, you know, I played a few I, years. You but... know, I gotta admit, my boys started both of them. Well, my oldest started when he was five or six. He played flag. Mm-hmm. Played it till he was probably eight or nine. Then he transitioned to full tackle. But my youngest, he started at five at full tackle. Yeah, um, it's. <clears throat> I get the concerns with flag and what it or with full tackle, you know, I see the draw to flag where it's not as hard, no hitting and stuff like that. But to me, it just didn't teach the true football skills. Well, yeah, I mean, it's teaching you to grab a flag. Right. And the blocking, you know, you got your hands up on your shoulders. That's not how you block. (laughs) Well, you're not supposed to really block too much. I mean, well, true. In in the league that that my kids play in, it's, it's, it's an NFL uh, flag football league and they don't really i mean they're not really supposed to block they're just supposed right. to, they can get in the way and that's what it was here but yeah they're not but really supposed to you know my thought hands. was you know if if they want to play football then i feel they should play it the right way and yeah luckily none of them ever got hurt they were both not you know not to brag here but they were both pretty good at the sport mm-hmm. one of them was a league mvp one of them was a defensive mvp for the league so they were uh, they were pretty good. Didn't get any major injuries or anything. So it's uh, a yeah. like I said, I, I can see why Kukuli's getting out though because it is that repetitive banging can cause damage. So yeah. So in Carolina, I think Shaq Thompson maybe steps into that role. I mean, they paid him oh, in the, in the uh, during the season. They gave him a nice extension. Um, you, yeah, you got, what's the you rookie that was there? Not Brian fake. Burns. They had another guy. Well, Christian Miller's an outside linebacker, too. Maybe that's who I'm thinking of. 
I mean, we'll, we can take a look at the depth chart and who can step up. I mean, obviously, free agency is yet to come. Right. Um, uh, how about this for a connection? The Carolina Panthers were terrible. Uh, wouldn't uh, Isaiah Simmons fit in very nice in that middle of that Carolina <laughs> defense? Oh, man, would he ever. Ooh. Carolina boy, Clemson, you know. And I don't think they would miss a beat. I really don't. He, I'll even yeah. say this. They may even be better with him. I don't I don't know if he'd go that far yet. I'm telling you, Simmons is the real deal. He's played yeah. safety. I'm not saying Simmons isn't good. I'm saying Luke Keekley is a veteran and has he the he has the Keekley had the full package, the mental part of the game. I, I mean if you hear some of the players talk about it, Keekley's calling out the plays as they're running them. Like yeah, that's pretty hard to do. <laughs> and if you ever, if you ever, I don't know if you have Amazon Prime or not, but the uh, All or Nothing with the Panthers, and I am, I'm not a Panther fan by any means. I know we have a couple fans that listen. Yeah, Eric show. H is a huge Eric. Uh, Eric was, yeah, he just, uh, you know, he switched his Twitter logo and all, all like <laughs> two, like two seconds after the announcement. Um, but you can't help but like Luke Keekley watching that, like he, he's just such a smart football player. And you know, there are, there are players in the team. I, I am not a Cam Newton fan at all whatsoever. It no. even made Cam Newton look gun good. So I mean, yeah, and Cam Newton's, a, I mean, I don't get the theatrics with him and the, and the fashion and stuff like that. Right. If he just played football and I know that's a horrible thing to say, cause these people are people too. Right. But, right. But, you know, the, the things he does on, like, Thanksgiving where he walks around, hands out meals to people and stuff like that. Like, that's the kind of stuff. He's a good dude. Okay. Right. He does give back to his community. He does stuff like that. I, I just can't take the extra stuff. The the the, 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 the <laughs> diva, look at me stuff. The let me wear this ridiculous looking hat. And I, I have a tailored <laughs> outfit for every post game like that's exactly what i I was thinking the outfits the hats i'll take fitz magic wearing deshaun jackson's chain glasses and coat (laughs) any day over cam newton sorry but uh we we got off track but uh seriously though if you if you never watch the all or nothing it's a good um it's a good look inside of a team and i really do like that that series um i i watched the one with the cowboys too um, I didn't watch the whole thing. I don't think I got through it. It was what I was watching on the plane ride to California, the Carolina. So it was, it was good. You know, I had time, so I had nothing else to do. Um, you know, but it, it just kind of <laughs> showed. I mean, Carolina definitely is hurting, but they have a lot of veteran leadership on that team. Um, I'm not sure about the specifics of contracts. I mean, you know, we're going to start diving into free agency here soon. I know me and you are uh, up to our gills and draft stuff. Um, right. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, huge news, obviously. We had a whole plan of what to talk about, and that just kind of jumped up out of here. Um, we were actually going to tape last night, but the we forgot the college championship was game was yeah, on. And I think that. we would have been highly <laughs> distracted, I think, if we tried to tape during that, so. Better decision yeah, to tape tonight. We, we did make a good decision yeah. not to record there. Yeah. I mean, we would have just been like a watch-along 
basically. Yeah. Something uh, do like something to wrestle with. Talk about the shows. That's you know, yeah. You know, some people threw that at some. <laughs> some people threw that idea out of 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 um, you know hitting like play on a game and, and trying to like you know cover it like your Tony Robo like you know. You know what? That's it'd be an interesting thing. Maybe one of these episodes during the off season, we can we can pick a game, and on Game Pass sure. we can hit play at the same time, and we can just you know. That would be cool. I think that would be a really good idea. Pat, Pat Summerall and John Madden here. I've got to be John Madden. <laughs> You're a little bigger. Oh, oh! Shots fired. Oh, shots fired. Oh, you see that was just. That's not nice. Some people like our banter. Some people do. Speaking of some people like our banter, uh, check out our IDP Nation Twitter page. Uh, we've tweeted. You I've tweeted. That... You've tweeted, retweeted. I've tweeted, retweeted. Uh, we have a survey out there to get kind of the the temperature of the listener. Uh, we want to make sure that we are bringing you the best show possible that you guys are interested in. Uh, not just me and Daryl, because obviously me and Daryl can sometimes go on diatribes, and we have our own personal <laughs> stuff we like to throw in there. Uh, but trying to get pinpointed, um, I, I know our in season uh, was a, a little shaky here. Uh, you know, especially down the stretch, we had some stuff come up. Um, so we just want to hear what you guys want to hear, who you want to hear from. Um, we got a couple of feedbacks already. I think we got seven or so. Um, so if you guys yes. want to give us some feedback, um, we've had some other people reach out and tell us some things as well. And trust me, uh, last week's audio definitely was not the best. Um, yeah, we somebody in, somebody included uh, get better mics for the college players. Uh, unfortunately, I don't drive to their house and hold a microphone in front of them. Uh, or else we'd have good equipment because you know I have a pretty decent mic and Daryl Daryl now has a mic so uh, our audio should be good Uh, I think just sometimes uh, you know Cam was not at home he was training for the East West Shrine game he was and you know maybe maybe he's like me he has a shitty internet so hey (laughs) well he's using it I mean I think the, I think the thing that. is, uh, you know, we, we, I guess, maybe need to be more upfront telling them we need a computer and... Yeah, we need to work on that. We really... Good do. connection, because if not... I think that's the worst one we had. I think everybody else has It was, been, yeah. For the most part, has been pretty decent, so... Yeah. Yeah, and for the most part, I mean, our... I don't think we've had many hiccups since. I know I've had a couple people, uh, a couple... A few months ago, I had somebody out, and they they found out there was something wrong with my internet, so they fixed it. Uh, I don't think we've had any many issues. I think once every once in a while we'll freeze up, but um, yeah. but that survey is out there. If you look at the IDP Nation Twitter page, um, I don't want to pin that tweet necessarily because um, we have our Podbean feed pinned there. I think that's maybe more important. Um, so you guys can get the show if you're interested or if you're a first time listener you want to find out where to subscribe do that Uh, speaking of while you're on SurveyMonkey filling out our survey telling us how great we are uh, you can go to Apple and give us a 5 star review 
I haven't checked those out recently, uh, but I will be checking here shortly. Give us five stars. Tell us what you like about the show so other people can read and find out. Um, and check that out. We are going to take a look at what you guys have to say. Um, keep in mind that uh, one question where there's check marks, you can check off more than one thing and uh, if you want. You don't have to just check off one thing. Um, so, you know, maybe top two, top three things um, would be good. Give us some good feedback. Um, some of the great feedback. Uh, some of you guys said change nothing, which, thanks. I guess we're doing a pretty decent job uh, if, if change nothing is the response. Somebody yes, did. Absolutely. Uh, we love to hear your feedback. Yeah, and we got some good feedback that we will definitely uh, take into account. Um, I, I love the one that said, uh, this one must be just railing against you. More Tannehill talk. Oh, Jesus Christ. I love it. I blame I love it. Well, he is going to be the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans for the foreseeable future. You know what? I will give him credit for this. He has performed well enough to allow Derrick Henry to be used as he's used and be effective as he can be. Henry is the offense. It's it's not Tannehill. Tannehill makes enough plays, does a good enough job to allow Henry to be the dominant force that you're seeing right now. Well, that's how you win games. I was listening to uh, 104.5 The Zone in Nashville for you people that's near me, uh, local radio station in Nashville, and they had Eddie George on today, and he said Tennessee is built for the playoffs. It's Tanny Hill has done great, but you win playoff games running the ball and playing defense, and that's what Tennessee's doing. You just need somebody to alleviate a little pressure to make them think a little bit. Well, I'll give see what Tannehill's been able to do that Mariota's not able to do is complete passes downfield. And that you got to yes, pick your poison. Play. You got to pick your poison. Do you want to let up the big play or do you want to play eight in the box against Henry? And you really have to pick your poison. And Tannehill, in the games where people have stacked the box, has done enough either getting in the hands of A.J. Brown and letting him just take people down or, uh, you know, Khalif Raymond or whoever caught the big touchdown. That really just that ended that, that ended that game pretty much. Yeah, it, that 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 was a, a but it, dagger in the early part but, of that game. But Henry is your, I'm telling you, he's a big dudes like that are not supposed to run that fast and that hard for four quarters. Yeah, he really has and been wearing down defenses, and uh, for him to I give credit four quarters, that's a lot. <laughs> I'll give him credit. Um, you should. I'm you not... know what? You've been against him for. You have been against him for a while, and I have. He I still the I, leader. He's run for I'm 180 yards in four games. I'm still not. I'm especially not buying him in fantasy this no. year because his price tag is through the roof right now. Oh, Jesus Christ! You're, you're gonna blow. Every, I mean, believe me, I know, and I'm gonna call that. I'm gonna call out one of our uh, good friends. Ivan Leal, 
he currently has Henry in the league, and he is playing on my fandom huge time right now. He is asking for the moon for Henry right now. So, yeah. That, that's why I get it. I do. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's why I don't play fantasy football with my heart, because if I had a team full of Seahawks, well, they'd you, you be know, I... sitting at home right now. So <laughs> I said it's before you could. So You know, I just anyway. inquired. I was like, hey, man, what do you want for him, man? <laughs> yeah i know how it is uh but anyway let's get this ship back on track here um we do want you to fill out that survey uh we do uh-huh. would love you to give us five stars on Too apple sure. and we also um we got some other things we'll get to those um just if you you know heard the interview last week and just were you know gave up um uh, we, we're all, we're all by our lonesome of the two of us here. We're we're, we're kind of our own deal. Yeah, we you, are. May, you may have heard the new uh, intro, which I don't know. I'm still playing around with it, but uh, yeah, we but, got yeah. some things in the works. So yeah, you know, we have some some things you working. Just maybe putting putting up a donation box, maybe kind of help us out so we can keep this thing going. And we got some other things in the works, so we got some big yeah. ideas coming. Yeah, if you're an advertiser, uh, there's Podbean ads, I guess you could fill out. <laughs> stuff like that. Yep. Uh, we have some other stuff we're playing around with uh, to, to kind of accommodate some of the feedback so that way you can find what you want and maybe um, some some extra shows. I don't want to say bonus shows because there will just be extra you know shows when um one of the things we're toying around with is if we have a college interview maybe just having that as a separate show instead of trying to do that and then you know that way if you like that sort of thing you can go check it out and then you know or we can maybe throw a couple questions in afterwards you know just basically trying to give you guys um what you want and give you an option if you don't want to hear something i mean obviously we want you to listen to every episode and uh, every second that we have, every trashing of whoever and every go Hawks. I know some of you hate the Seahawks, uh, but everything <laughs> that we have to say, obviously, is gold. But, um, you know, we, we just want to give the people what they want. Right. And, and still have our own show, of course, but, you know, yeah, it's still our show, but. It's everybody's show. Got to give back to people. Um, Absolutely. You're still over there, like, you know. What? I don't know. You're making all kinds of noise. I feel like I was... was, See, see, and you're going to get me off topic again here. I was just listening to an episode of Something to Wrestle With, and and Bruce was, uh, (laughs) was... playing with some papers or something and rattling right in the microphone and conrad's like would you stop that would you stop eating your <laughs> chips during the show like bruce take anyway. your pills yeah bruce <laughs> take your pills if you're in the off season and you're looking for a podcast because a lot of your podcasts have either gone away mm-hmm. or have hibernated uh something to wrestle if you like wrestling is a we're not getting paid to advertise for them, but Conrad, nope. the mortgage guy, if you, if you if you hear this, uh, you can advertise on here. It's it's available. Yes, sir. 
Uh, I'm telling anyway. you, it's one of my favorite podcasts ever. Dan turned me onto it, and yeah. I listen to it all the time. If you like wrestling, it's it's a great podcast. If you hate wrestling, don't bother. But uh, <laughs> you might—I don't know—you might want to bother. They're funny guys. And, uh, there's some good stories. They there. are, yeah. But they sure are. So on today's show, we are going to take a look at the stat leaders, um, kind of look at the the numbers. Um, because you know numbers are important in fantasy football. Uh, see who the leaders were, and uh, kind of, I guess, project ahead if we think this is going to continue. Um, you know, we're going to look at maybe the top tens. We'll dig. We'll obviously dig a little deeper in the off season. Um, we'll, we'll do some team previews um, or reviews, I guess, would be um, take take a look at things like kind of like we did in the summer, where we looked at each team broke down their stats you know and, and kind of seeing who might be on their way out and you know vacated production stuff like that so we have some plans here in the doldrums of the off season uh before we get moving into draft full draft season obviously right now is very hot because the national championship just played congrats to joe burrow who looked like a absolute like stud smoke, smoking his cigar <laughs> relaxing on the couch like i'm the man like <laughs> that was a great image because he's it just was. sitting here smoking a cigar like yeah i just did that like i just smoked college football all year and <laughs> yeah doesn't hurt that moss's kid is on the team oh man he's a beast he is a beast but anyway uh congrats to lsu on the championship and uh coach o. absolutely um the bat the tigers won and you know clemson had a good game plan coming right out the gate i mean that first they half, did i don't think they played that bad of a game it just it looked like it's lsu's game from the beginning yeah i i really think they threw a lot of different stuff the LSU wasn't expecting, Joe Burrow wasn't expecting defensively, and it worked for a half. I mean, they were on them for the first half. They were really on them. Yeah, but this is a close game. I, I think those halftime adjustments were huge, and LSU just kind of flexed their muscle in the second half, and it showed. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's get into – you have, I believe, some of the – Good news. What, what good news we got here? Oh, good news. Uh, you said you had some news, right? I mean, the Luke Keekley news kind of, you know, sidetracked yeah. us right off the bat because that was huge news. That's bigger yeah, than any news story you're going to tell me. Yeah, I mean, the only other two that I had that was really significant, Bill's defensive tackle, Ed Oliver, went through surgery. Not yeah, sure I saw that. Back. Not exactly sure what it was for, for, but it looks like he's okay. It's just maybe yeah. a minor procedure. And the chief safety one Thornhill went through a surgery process too. So yeah, like he was he, he was done for the playoffs. Which uh, yeah. you know Sorensen was in there and and uh, for Kansas City, and he made a huge play in that game. Really, Sorensen helped. played his tail off. He did, and you know, playing for a job, maybe. Uh, you know he may be. I think yeah. so. One of the takeaways from that game that I got, and I saw this on Twitter, um, towards the end of the game, when the game was out of reach, uh, the Honey Badger had a chance to just completely decapitate D- 
Deshaun Watson. <laughs> and he kind of let up. He and did. Watson completed a pass. And, you know, the Honey Badger, you know, responded to the tweet like, hey, man, the game was in hand. Like, there's no need to injure somebody. Just because just cause you can doesn't mean you should. Right. I get it, that, but. Man, I'm probably blasting. I'm probably if that's me, I'm I'm firing away, man. I'm I'm leaving no doubt. Yeah, but I guess they know each other too. So I mean, right. it's, it's you, you don't want to. Well, game, I know the you, game's over. The game's well in hand. You know. Yeah, you don't need to hurt somebody. Which it's I, I get. It's it's right. he, he really is taking you know player safety into consideration, and uh, True. that's good. Now, if True. the game was on the line. Oh yeah, he's driving up. through him and slamming him in the ground. So, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you got time and place, time and place for that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so if that's all the news and notes you got. Um, then we yeah, that's uh, uh, next. I just kind of wanted to touch on the playoff review. You know, San Francisco beat Minnesota twenty-seven to ten. Yeah, I don't want to talk um, about it last weekend. Play, the the season's over, isn't it? <laughs> for you it is <laughs> you know they allowed 147 total yards which was the fewest in playoff game history during the Super Bowl era I did not know that so that you know that San Francisco defense is uh, they're bringing well the funny thing that happened this weekend is out of that game, if you were to pick a coordinator that should have maybe gotten a job, <laughs> right. would it be the guy that got held to 147 yards or the guy who shut him down? And you know, Robert Robert shut him down. <laughs> Robert Saleh has been a hot name in the coaching carousel, and I think he's been hurt by the fact that his team's in the playoffs. Right. I think teams are less likely to hang on and wait to hire you until you're done like I, I know a lot of teams uh i think the colts last year got really burnt or two years ago i guess got burnt by mcdaniels because mcdaniels decided to go back he had already agreed pretty much to go and it changed right, his mind that's the concern you know and they you know they were playing all the way to the super bowl so by then all the all the other candidates that they wanted to maybe have as a backup plan were all gone right um, and that's so, the concern what do you do do you wait yeah till these guys are done or you know, do you take a chance and wait? Yeah. Or do you just say, hey, you know, we're going to go get so-and-so or, you know, whatever. But, yeah. I think I mean, if you have it. a guy in mind, you got to just go get him. Like, I mean, if you I want do too. Somebody, I think if there's I don't, one guy you like, you put a full court press out regardless. But is, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not a big offensive coordinator guy. I, I know more defensive coordinators because of what we kind of do here. Right. Um, I don't know that Stefanski's going to. I mean, I guess Dalvin Cook had a. Re- I mean, they had a really good season offensively. I think the I Vikings, but I mean, after that performance in the playoffs, you really <laughs> you can't judge. I know you can't judge it off one, one game, game, you know. But uh, I mean, and you can't judge it off Kirk Cousins choking in the postseason. That's right. Well, at least this week he yeah. he won last week, but he uh, did win the previous week. Anyway, next up, uh, Tennessee. Upset Baltimore, the six seed beats See, the one this, seed. This is the true reason why Daryl wanted to talk about the playoffs. Absolutely, and they have beaten three straight conference champs. They Division. beat Houston in Week 17, New England Division. in in the uh, wild card, and they beat Baltimore in the divisional. 
And if they beat Kansas City, that will be four straight on their way to the Super Bowl. That would be pretty remarkable. I tell you what, and I'm being completely honest when I say this, whoever wins the AFC, I'll be rooting for in the Super Bowl. Ooh, Ooh, I won't. Not me. Because, yeah, Niners-Packers, yeah, they're, they're, you know, (laughs) can't have that. If Tennessee is eliminated, I'm fully on board with the Niners. So you don't even get a Packers a chance, huh? No. No. Can't stand them. Don't want them. Don't even want to see them. If the Seahawks could learn how to play two halves of football, the Seahawks would have been there. But they, they I don't know. I'm so angry with this team because all year long, if you're if you were a Seahawks fan or you watch a lot of Seahawks games, the first 30 minutes of the game, you might as well just not watch because they run up the middle three times of drive. They do dumb stuff on defense. They don't know how to cover anybody. If I'm a defensive coordinator, on the Packers, what skill position player do you think you might want to cover? I would think the best uh, receiver on the team, but hey, that's just me. You would think. You would (laughs) think King Money, Devontae Adams, would be pretty high up on your priority list of covering. And you put... You know the the equivalent of burnt toast, <laughs> Trey Flowers, on Devonte Adams all night, and then you have I mean then you have a rookie Ugo Amadi, and no no offense to Ugo, he hasn't really had a lot of playing time. But why on the last play, you know your your one of your last plays of the game, why don't you have Shaquille Griffin on him all night? I don't know. Makes no sense to me. (laughs) Let Marquez Valdez-Scandling beat you. Let Geronimo Allison beat you if he can. Let, who's the other guy? The Lazard King beat you if he can. Let Jimmy Graham beat you if he can. Which apparently he couldn't because he was short. But But they gave it to him anyway. I'm not complaining. I don't don't like to complain about the refs game because teams... Both teams get blown calls all over the place. I do make comments at my house when things happen that aren't that I see that aren't called. But I don't ever like to be that fan that's complaining about the refs after the game because it just makes you look like an idiot. So, I don't know. Seahawks fans, just you lost the game. You should have come out in the first half and played real football instead of the second half. Russell can't do it all. He tries like hell, and uh, he does. Uh, he, he tries like hell, and he he almost gets it done almost every time. I mean, he gets it done ninety percent of the time. However, yeah. down the stretch, two big games um, just wasn't able to get done. I knew when we punted, it was over. Yeah, I did too. I, and I told I you, it's like don't do it. But yeah, I told you, Mina Kimes. Uh, she, yeah, she tweeted, "Really, we're punting." She's a great follow. Uh, she's a Seahawks fan, so uh, and of she's she she's very transparent about that on Twitter. Um, but yeah, she's a good follow during Seahawks games because she's she's always got something funny to say. Um, she covers the rest um, of the NFL too. But oh yeah, uh, Kansas City. What a well, Houston! I thought that game was over. They're down twenty-four to nothing and come back and just 
blasted don't, him 51 31. Don't, don't check our Instagram page, which, by the way, we have an IDP Nation pod uh, Instagram page. You can follow as well. Um, I'm going to try to post some videos and things up there. Maybe we'll take some videos while we're recording um, just to throw up there, right. just to, you know, be a little more interactive, you know, try and. Um, give you some some other ways to take in idp advice maybe we'll do some some quick hits on players or something um we we won't be as fancy as our uh what are they the dynasty or factory quick takes those are well done um but you know we'll just talk about some guys you don't have to look at my ugly mug i guess <laughs> or, or i don't know I'll point it at the, the, the play you're watching. I don't know. We'll watch a game together or something. Anyway. Yeah, um, we'll have to do that. I like so I put up on the Instagram page uh, a picture of the you know, Texans. Figuring, you know, I put something up about your King Henry uh, the, the, in the morning. So I figured I'd throw something up about the Texans. Um, and I did, I did not claim the game was over. I said, you know, they were uh, on their way or you know, almost, you know, came, came out like gangbusters if they can hold on, which they did not, because Patrick Mahomes is the man. No, they sure did. So he might not be the MVP, yeah, it was, uh... but Lamar Jackson definitely isn't the MVP. He played, Lamar Jackson didn't play terrible in that game. It's just Tennessee's <laughs> defense. Their, their receivers could couldn't not. catch a cold. He put up some. He had 500 yards yeah, off. I mean, they put himself. up some huge numbers. Yeah. And I think uh, I saw something. They had, ooh, what was it, seven or eight drives that mm-hmm. ended inside Tennessee's 35, and you only scored 12 points. I mean. Justin Tucker, man. When you do that, you got to score more points than that. Yeah. And it didn't win for them. I mean, did not do the – the day or so yeah so obviously you don't but, need uh, to talk so i already already covered i already covered the Packers. yeah nfc doesn't exist yeah so it's gonna be san francisco and green bay and uh <laughs> tennessee and kansas city like i said whoever wins the afc that's who i'm rooting for in the super bowl so whether it's your titans or the kansas city chiefs yeah Tighten up for Chiefs Kingdom. Thank you. If it's not, then <laughs> then you're you're not watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> You'll be too too angry. Oh, I'll watch, but I'm not pulling for the Chiefs. I'm not I'm not pulling for the Chiefs. No way. 49ers all the way. There's a hater. I am. Anyway. Uh anything else that you have planned <laughs> that you didn't tell me about? No, I guess not. Uh, no, I feel ready okay. to uh, move on to the uh, all-rookie team if you want to. Well, yes, you did tell me about that. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll run through that real quick. Yeah. And then uh, let me bring that up here. Um, then uh, we'll, yeah, we'll... so the, uh, defensive, uh, the defensive rookie of the year was Nick Bosa. Yeah, I think that uh, was, think um, that was pretty well end... deserved. Well, I think one of the things you have to think about is with these awards, 
How successful your team is has a lot to do with whether or not you win an award. I know that's not always the yep. case, but I think yep, him I having a successful team really helped that along. Because I mean, he obviously I think had the best stats of anybody. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. He yeah, had a great season. I mean, I said last week he was probably the the defensive rookie of the year. Um, I think if Devin Bush didn't like get benched, it seems like. Right. Or, or became a rotational player the second half of the season. I think it would be Bush in a landslide, but he, I don't know. For whatever reason, oh, yeah, Pittsburgh think. changed up their scheme. Um, yep. So I have the list up now so I can talk a little and bit then, more. Yeah, and then the surprising one is he also won Rookie of the Year overall. Uh, I was kind of surprised by that in a way. Well... I'm not, because if you look at the rookies on the offensive side of the ball, that nobody really had a complete season. Jacobs had a great start and then got injured and didn't do anything in the second half. Miles Sanders, you didn't even hear his name until about week eight, week nine, week ten, like late in the season. So those two right off the bat, no. Um, Terry McLaurin, huge beginning of the season, fell off the face of the earth after a while. A.J. Brown had these peak games, and then you'd hear nothing from him. Whereas Bosa, week after week, was, you know, getting, you know, pressure, getting sacks, getting stats. So I think, um, this is pro football writers, um, you know, this is not the NFL awards necessarily. Um, we'll, we'll find out when the NFL um, yeah. awards comes around. I think it's the Saturday before the Super Bowl or something like that. Um, hopefully they don't leak any of that stuff because I kind of like to see the stuff live rather than hearing about right. it a week beforehand and then having to sit through an award show because I won't. <laughs> I normally don't sit through those award shows. No, I won't. But um, I will be interested to see if my boy Bobby Wagner gets the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year award. So hopefully he gets that. If not, I won't be watching. Um, but anyway, defensive-wise, the rest of the uh, linemen were Josh Allen from the Jaguars, who had a pretty good year. Um, and he was really a rotational player. He wasn't even a full-time player. Um, we'll talk about stats here in a little bit. Nick Bosa, we said already. Dexter Lawrence from the Giants, uh, D-Tackle. I, I think the Giants, you can bash Gettleman all you want. They took a good player in Dexter Lawrence. He's a good player. It, it is what it is. Um, so he got that. Um, and also Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver, obviously, is a beast. We, we know Daryl has his love affair for Ed Oliver. Uh, moving on at linebacker, uh, three good linebackers that really produced, and especially down the stretch for two of them. Uh, Devin Bush, who, right. like I said, could have been the defensive rookie of the year had he maybe played consistently throughout the year. Uh, Dre Greenlaw from the right. 49ers. And uh, our, our buddy JJ was on him from the get-go. He was. I remember sure including was. him in a rookie guide just simply because J.J. Uh, loved him. And I'm like, who? 
Yep. And, you know, he had a really good season for the 49ers. Uh, unfortunately, Quan Alexander got hurt for them, and he was uh, kind of shoved into duty, but he he performed. He made that big play on uh, Jake, Jacob Hollister, or else this playoff run might be a lot different. Um, oh, yeah. Devin White from Tampa was the other linebacker. He had a good year. I wouldn't say great. He had a couple big, really impact plays. Uh, but wasn't really consistent, which a rookie, you know, you like to see the big play possibilities. Uh, not always going to make every play, though. Um, quarterbacks, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Sean Murphy-Bunting. So apparently you need a hyphen in your name to play corner in this league, which bodes well for our buddy Reed harrison Ducrow. So, uh, those are your corners. And at safety, uh, no surprise, really, the top IDP selections in my eyes were, were Savage and Thornhill. Um, Savage, though, he was, um, he's about to get Marshawn Lynch in his face. And that's not a man I want to have in my face angry at me. Because, um, you know. He kind of took took a little bit of liberties with the uh, the veteran there, Money Lynch. So that's the all rookie team. Um, you know, I think it's a pretty solid team. None of those guys are really surprising. Maybe Sean Murphy Bunting is probably the most surprising name out of that. I mean, the other ones were second, third round IDP picks. Even Sean T. Gardner Johnson, he was uh, probably selected late. But he was selected more as a safety. Now that he's going to be in corner, um, might be a little tough to really worry about getting him. Right. Um, you back here? You back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Sorry so, about that. Then, you know. <laughs> I wrapped up all the uh, rookie talk. So you have any any comments about this team, this rookie? Any snubs that you think should have been included that weren't? No, I, I, I kind of like where they went. Like I said, I was kind of surprised that Nick Bosa won the overall rookie of the year. He did have a great year, but I was just – in today's offensive heavy league, I just that just kind of surprised me. Um, Again, this is not the official NFL – Right, this is just those, the pro football writers. Writers, like, yeah. Um, I don't know if you touched on this one, but uh, special teams, they had linebacker Drew Tranquil. I did not um, look at special which, teams, but yeah. That... Yeah, they, they had him listed as the all-rookie special teams player, Drew Tranquil, of the Chargers. Um, he played a lot down the stretch for them, and I think he was more than a special teams player. And he's one it, that – It might have uh, just been a way to get him on the team. True, but I think he's one that if you're playing IDP, you're probably targeting next year because I, I, I really do like him and what he's doing. I do too, but the Chargers are still dumbfounding. Like, I don't – you never know what they're doing week to week. And I think that plays to his advantage. I mean, but does they it, need him. But does it for your yeah, team, but, your IDP team? Does it play to your advantage to have a guy that you're not sure if you're going to get one – one tackle or 20? I think you can count on him. I think it's more of an indictment on their offense. You don't know what's mm, going on. Because well, you don't know what Rivers is doing. Antonio Gates, while he's old and kind of washed up, he's retired. Um, 
Melvin Gordon, what's he doing next year? Um, there's a lot. I, of I get all there. that, but I'm just talking about their team and, and as a whole. Like when and they the, the they last have six, no linebacker, so they need him. The last six weeks of the season, you had some good weeks from him and some bad weeks from him. And the bad week, I think, was championship week. He had a really bad week. Could I'm not be, saying you be. should just sell him, but I'm saying, can you really rely on him as your, you know? one of your top options he's a good depth piece i think no i'm not saying that but i think he's a good buy low piece i think he's going to put up good enough numbers that if you can buy him low enough that the value's there if you can buy him low but yeah if you can buy him low all right so that wraps up that if you got nothing else to say nope good Transitioning into, uh, I know who's not on that list, by the way, before we officially transition. Uh, LJ Collier. So thanks <laughs> for drafting um, first round. I would have been, again, and I would have been better off. I would have been better mentally if they took DK Metcalf with that first pick and then took Collier in the second round because then I would be mentally okay. They got the stud <laughs> wide receiver, which DK looks like a stud. Gosh, boy, does he ever. Ooh. But LJ Collier, like, he was inactive half the season. I don't know if it was because of injury or just uh, – it had to be because of injury because they need people I'll... on the field to rotate in and out, obviously. Clowney's you know, out I there think, playing with a busted gut, basically. And I think Cody Barton is the guy to own in Seattle. Linebacker-wise, absolutely. I think if, if KJ yeah. Wright does decide to move on, I think it's, it's Cody Barton. And I was dead wrong yep. about him, uh, I'll freely admit. I know somebody called me out on that last summer about my love for uh, Ben Burr-Curvin. Um, right. Yeah, when, it, when it came down to it, Ben Burr-Curvin, I think, is a practice squad player or a backup um, I, don't, I think he's a practice squad. He only he's even on the yeah. the regular squad, and Cody Barton was in there starting when Kendricks went out injured. So he didn't right. play bad. Didn't no, play didn't great. Know. Didn't play great, but didn't play bad. Um, I didn't really watch the game again. I don't really want to watch that game again. So <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't. Uh, so getting into today's topic, we're going to go through the stats, and, and we're talking NFL stats. We're not talking necessarily fantasy points, but how do you score fantasy points? You score fantasy points by getting tackles and sacks and fumble recoveries and forced fumbles and, and interceptions. And before we jump into this, uh, had an interesting conversation in one of my leagues. It was about another league. It wasn't really about the league that we were in, but argument over forced fumbles and fumble recoveries which one should be scored higher mm. and people were arguing that the fumble recovery is the actual change of possession like an interception so that should be higher and some people were arguing well the forced fumble you know if you don't bust it out of there you know, that should be scored higher i'm i'm at the I'm like, why don't we just, you know, make them both the same and, you know, big play. Like, I know you're 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 a big play fan, so like, why not do forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, interceptions, all six points each? I agree. You I know, that's that makes it nice and easy. They're all yeah. potential. The forced fumble I get not being 
as important because it doesn't necessarily change possession. But that that peanut punch, man, that that that's a skill. <laughs> it's a skill, you know. The, the yep, peanut Tillman punch, like that, is a skill that some players have. And we'll take a look at some of these guys that that have that skill, that demonstrated that skill. And then you got some guys that just have some dumb luck that are right place, right time, pick up the ball and either take it to the house or, uh, you know, end up with other stuff. Um, So that's an interesting one. And same with tackles, uh, or not tackles, sacks and tackles for loss and QB hits. Like, you know, a lot lot of debate. And and maybe we'll have a roundtable discussion. Maybe we can... I don't know. I don't know how that would work if we have like six people trying to talk over each other. <laughs> uh, but it'd be an interesting roundtable to talk about scoring and what what pluses and minuses about your scoring are good, bad, indifferent. We'd spend a lot of time, and I, I spend a lot of time talking to people about their scoring because it's so important to their oh yeah league and and the decisions that I am trying to advise you on, if I don't know your scoring, it's a little hard for me to give you good advice. So that's why we normally pry for some more information. If you are asking for information, just some basic stuff, like how much, you know, is it big play where you got six points per turnover? Is it, um, is it balanced where you have D tackles? We have everything in defense scoring about the same. Yeah, this kind of information helps us to, to give you better info. It does. I mean, the more info you can give us, the better analysis we can give you back. So, yeah. yeah. We and can I talk about the uh, – we, we both talked about a trade today with uh, the Capology host. Uh, oh, yeah. So we, we can talk about that trade here in a little bit. Um, we, we got some time. A yeah. little bit of time. Not a ton of time. We got some time. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, we'll start with tackles. Tackles is where I look for most of my consistency, for most of my uh, guys I want on my team. Because if you can get a guy with a decent floor of tackles every game, you're set Yep. at that position. You know, you like guys that can make big plays too, but if you don't have the consistency, sometimes you're, you're home runner bust, which some leagues, that's how you need to go, but... Yeah, my I play a little conservative, maybe, but I like stud linebackers that can get me lots of tackles. And um, believe it or not, it was not a stud linebacker that led the league in uh, solo tackles. Ooh. Talking solo tackles, not just uh, combined tackles. So Buda Baker had 106 solo tackles. Uh, he led the way. Uh, the only other guy to break the century mark was Zach Cunningham, which you were talking about earlier, yep. interestingly enough, and we may talk about that. Uh, third was Blake Martinez with 98. Yes. yes. We talked about him quite a bit. My dog. Uh, fourth was Eric Reed at safety. Kind of surprising. That is. Um, it really he, is. He out-tackled uh, the aforementioned Luke Keekley. Um Although Carolina was getting torched towards the end of the season, so <laughs> yeah, the, the secondary was making a lot of tackles. Uh, fifth was Jordan Hicks, and you know I gotta I gotta play something for. for oh him. man, I, I have to find something here for him. <laughs> Come on, um, let's see here. Um, I gotta find something. Here we go. 
Congratulations, <laughs> Jordan Hicks. I think he was the only player in the NFL to play every down on defense. Wow. So we, I, I was very cautious about taking him in any league because of his injury history. I said when he is on the field, he puts up points. It's just yep. is he going to be on the field? And he played a healthy season. He did. He so congratulations, really Jordan Hicks, for staying healthy and racking up some tackles. Um, considering he was healthy all year, um, he did fill the stat sheet decently. So, so congrats, Jordan Hicks. Uh, your, your your ability to stay healthy was very much appreciated. Um, and he may have been the top point getter as far as points per game, um, if you were up in the top at least. Um, in my league here, that's pretty low scoring. Uh, he averaged about nine points per game. So he was, you know, pretty consistent and uh, putting up points. Six with Joe Schobert. And it's going to be interesting to see what Cleveland does if they switch defensive coordinators again, if Joe Schobert's going to stay. Um, interesting offseason for some of these players. Uh, so Schobert, he, he's done it year in, year out. Um, again, scheme change. You know, maybe he's moving on. I don't know. Um uh but he is number six. Fred Warner was seven, and I don't think Fred Warner cared whether Quan Alexander was on the field or not. <laughs> I, I think his he he did pick up some extra stats. I think when when uh, Alexander was not on the field, but I don't think it mattered. Um, number eight, Demario Davis. We've been digging his grave for a few years now. Yeah, uh, I know. Last year, particularly, I got him for nothing. Like. I think I traded him for some rookie that somebody was really high on. I don't think the rookie panned out. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I was like, yeah, he's a solid, you know, 87 tackles this season. Um, not too much in the way of any other stats, but, you know, had a good season. Uh, he was really down the stretch for the Saints, made a lot of big plays. Uh, not enough to keep them going. But uh, moving on, number nine, Bobby Wagner. Bobby, my boy. Uh, Bobby <laughs> Wagner led the league in combined tackles because he had 72 assisted tackles. Wow. You, you got to think the Seattle stat sh crew was very generous there. Yeah. Because that's, I, I don't know. We'll look at assisted tackles here in a minute. There's a couple other guys that are up there. But 72 seems ridiculous. He had 86 solos. Now, granted, when you watch Seahawks games, he's always around the ball. Yep. Uh, and number 10, which is where we're going to stop at number 10, is Jalen Smith with 84 solo tackles. Um, he was the better linebacker between him and Van Der Esch. And I know a lot of people debated that back and forth in the preseason. Uh, Van Der Esch's injuries obviously hampered him all year long. Um, but Jalen Smith was a better right. linebacker this year. Um, better stats wise, uh, better player. Even when he was healthy, I think Jalen Smith was outplaying him. So that was tackles. Um, so we'll move on to our next category tackles for loss. So these are the guys, most of these guys are probably going to be your in the trenches guys, uh, but your sack masters as well. 
uh, getting behind the line. Uh, so for tackle for lost leaders, we had Aaron Donald leading the way. So even though he had a pretty pedestrian season by probably his own standards, by my standards for him, um, 19 tackles for loss, which is, uh, you know, out of his 28 tackles, 19 of them were for loss. So he's he's playing behind the line of scrimmage. Um, he only had 12 sacks this year. And it seems, you know, I know your article, you're going to boast about that. You know, we'll, we'll have that conversation. Like <laughs> that. Uh, Shaq Barrett uh, was had 18 tackles for loss, was in second. Um, do you believe in Shaq Barrett going forward after the season? Man, you know, he started the season out like gangbusters. Actually, he played gangbusters all year, but he that was, was the question. Year. Do you believe Barrett's going to continue? Do you think he's going to do this all season? You know, I kind of, at first, I was like, you know, I don't know. But he, the more I watched him, he fits that system to a T with uh, David and Devin White behind him and, and them getting some better uh, secondary play. I, I like Barrett. I think if they can, uh, and I think one thing that helped him is Indomitian Sue being there too. Um if they can keep that group, that core group in place, you know, I like Barrett going for it. Does he have that record breaking season again this year? Maybe not, but I think he's, he's one of the leaders. I do. I think he, he has another great season. I'm going to sell high because he came very close to that 20 sack magic number that you uh, throw around there. So I'm going to say he regresses. Um, so sell high on Shaq Barrett, and I think this is the time to cash out. Honestly, you paid nothing for Shaq Barrett this season, probably, right. because unless you traded for him in season. Cash out. Get one of these first or second round picks and take a stud like Chase Young. To, you yeah. know, somebody with a pedigree. You know, I agree with that. Around. Like, I, I mean, this is the best year he's going to have. I think hands down it's going to be the best year he's ever had and even dreamed about, to be honest, because he was a throwaway. Like, Denver didn't want him. I think he was cut (laughs) by another team before he ended up with Tampa. He only ended up with Tampa, I think, because they ran out of bodies and needed somebody to rush the passer. Mm -hmm. So sell him uh, and get rid of him, I think. Uh, Next up, Joey Bosa. Your boy, Mm -hmm. Joey Bosa. (laughs) Bosa had a good season. I won't say great. He did outperform his brother. So sibling rivalry, I'm sure, is strong in that family. Uh, He had one more tackle for loss than Nick Bosa. Had a couple more sacks than Nick Bosa, too. Uh, But Joey Bosa, good season. Stayed relatively healthy. Uh, That's a good sign going forward. Uh, Number four was Darius Smith. And uh, he really played very well all season. I do think he was snubbed from the Pro Bowl. Although if the Packers win on Sunday, it's a moot point because when you go to the Super Bowl, you don't play in the Pro Bowl. So um, That's true. He had a really good season, him and Preston Smith. uh, He wasn't on this list, um, but Zedarius and Preston both had really good seasons. Um those are guys I see. I'm not edge edge rusher linebackers. I don't want any part of. 
So if I have him, I'm trying to sell him. Um, he didn't have a super, super season, but, you know, don't know. I, I just don't think you can bank on that. There's one guy, and he's not even going to be mentioned until later, that an outside linebacker I will buy, and I'll tell you why. Um, but fifth was Nick Bosa with 16. He's tied with another rookie, Max Crosby, who I think may have been the biggest snub on that list that you told me about or that you should. Oh, yeah. Because I think Max Crosby could have made a case to take Josh Allen's place on that list because, you know, 16 tackles for loss. Uh, we'll get look at the sack numbers. We'll look at the rookie sack numbers. Um, that's things. Oh, man, that's tough. Crosby had a great uh, season. I, I think he he, had, he did. I, I mean, I love Crosby. I don't... There, there's a stat that we'll get to later that I think will convince you that Crosby should have been the guy ahead of him. Yeah, I, I agree. Crosby should have been the guy. I'm just trying to figure out which one I'm eliminating: Allen or Bosa. Allen. Bosa's uh, the defensive rookie of the year. You're not eliminating him. Bosa had better season than Josh Allen, and Max Crosby, I think, had a slightly better year than Josh Allen. Um, shout yeah. out to Dingus. Dingus was yes. a big Max Crosby guy. <laughs> he uh, is. He still is, yes. Uh, yeah. Bud, next was Bud Dupree. Oh, wow. And I am a Bud Dupree hater. <laughs> but he had a nice he had a nice season. He really turned it around this season. I pretty much had written him off as just waiver wire fodder. and He had a really good season. Um, but again, these outside linebackers getting tackles for loss. Good things. Most of them are probably in run defense, though. Some of them are sacks. But, yeah. um, but getting in the backfield is a good, important thing. Um, Dante Fowler is next. Uh, he's kind of rejuvenated his career in L.A., so it's good to see that. Um, not necessarily for the Seahawks, but, um, <laughs> but, for, but for Dante Fowler, a former top-five pick. Um, has right. has seen a turnaround, and he's not. I don't think he's still returning top five pick value. He's good. He's like late first round good, not top five pick good. So I don't know. I don't know if he, it matters for LA, but you know, just splitting hairs here, I guess. Uh, number nine was Cameron Jordan. Uh, he also had sixteen. Nice. And then we had a couple tied with 15, and I'll mention both of them, even though we're at 10 and 11. Brandon Graham from the Eagles had 15, and Daniel Hunter had 15. Um, And we'll mention that man's name again shortly. Yes. Um, So that's tackles for loss. Uh, An important category for defensive ends and those edge rushers, if you're not getting tackles for loss in the backfield, then kind of tough. Uh, assisted tackles. And here's what I'm talking about, why the Seattle stat crew might be the most generous in football. Because the top two assist tackle guys are Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. So I, <laughs> I, I think they've jumped the shark when it comes to giving out assisted tackles. Because Buffalo used to be that stat crew that you looked for. Seattle is just giving away like candy here to everybody. What are you doing over there? Jesus Christ. What the are you talking about? I don't know. What are you... Uh, you just keep talking. Don't worry about what I'll be doing. Well, at least turn your mic off if you're going to make a bunch of racket so the people can actually hear what we have to say. 
I don't hear a bunch right. You're really sitting good. About. You're really gonna sit here and eat food during the podcast. You You need to go to the gym. You need to stop making noise so our listeners can hear what we have to say and go to the gym. It's lies. It's it's dirty lies. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just bust out on the Instagram and live live view right there. Boom. Expose your lies. Uh, anyway, assistant <laughs> tackles. Uh, Luke Keekley was up there. He's not going to be up there next year, obviously. Uh, nope. Blake Martinez, Jalen Smith, Jordan Hicks, Todd Davis, name we didn't mention. So he was uh, high up there in assisted tackles. Uh, did not really do anything on the rest of the stat sheet besides tackle. Um, Corey Littleton, first time I mentioned oh. his name. Yep. Had a good, good season. He's still not in my top five. Me either. Not going to be. And people overdraft him. He did have two return, I believe, two returns for touchdowns. Um, if I'm not mistaken, let me bring that up here. He had two touchdowns. Yes. No. Thought he had two touchdowns. I don't know. It's not telling me here. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he had two touchdowns on the year. Um and that impacts your fantasy, but the one was a terrible pass by Kyler Murray that landed between his, you know, numbers, and it was an easy <laughs> walk to the end zone. The other one was a fumble recovery, I'm pretty sure. Um, he did do that very well. Um, he was in the right place, right time for those things. Uh, but Corey Littleton there, again, I am not a huge fan of him. Uh, Me neither. A lot of his value is going to depend on where he lands in the offseason. Um, somebody is going to give him a lot of money. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good for your IDP roster, though. So we're going to see who gives him money before I stake, uh, I give you a buy or sell on him. Because right now I'd sell high. Somebody's going yeah, to give a lot try. of money, and what happens when some players get money? They get they, their, their stats fall off a cliff because they say, I got my money. I'm good. And I think uh, uh, one of our uh, colleagues had a trade going on with him. I'm just yes. not crazy about him. I think I would uh, ask for more. I'm not. In that... I mean, he is an LB1. Don't he get me is, wrong. But, but he's not a not high LB1, and I don't really have a long-term – I don't, I don't love him long term. Me either. Me either. You know, I look at him, like uh, Alec Ogletree fell off the face of the earth. He could be another one of those that has a few good seasons and then falls off the face of the earth. Um, speaking of, uh, well, not falling off the face of the earth, but um, this is an Atlanta linebacker that's not named Deion Jones. Uh, Devondre Campbell. And you could argue Devondre Campbell had a better year than Deion Jones. Um, but look at Deion Jones' stats. He didn't have a terrible year. <laughs> he just didn't really do anything but tackle. So kind of similar to Todd Davis. He didn't have as many tackles as Todd Davis. But Deion Jones, a little disappointing. Still a guy I want on my team. Um, yep. And number 10 was Tremaine Edmonds with 51 assists, so the Buffalo stat crew did help out. Uh, conspicuous by his absence, I see no Matt Milano. I know he's a darling of some people. 
I'm not big on him either, but that's just me. So getting into the specials categories, the, the turnover categories. Fumble recoveries. Right place, right time. Not necessarily meaning you're a good player, by the way. No. Just because you're near the ball doesn't mean you're a good player. Because <laughs> Unless you forced it, it's not really your fumble. Uh, but Von Bell had five fumble recoveries. Talk about right place, right time. If you get five of those in a season, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, DeForest <laughs> Buckner had four. I'm sure he may have caused two of them that he recovered. Uh, Devin Bush had four. Uh, Corey Littleton had four. Dominican Sue had four. TJ Watt had four. And we'll talk about Watt a little bit more in a minute because we'll we'll be highlighting his real stud year at a certain position or a certain stat. Devin White was seventh. I believe he had a couple of touchdowns. Uh, one off of yeah. I think one was off a of fumble recovery. Uh, Justin Bethel from the Patriots, uh, that that New England defense that was a stud defense early in the season. Um, the dude only had nine, ta- had twelve total tackles all year, but three fumble recoveries. Talk about Johnny on the spot. Does nothing but <laughs> fumble recovery, basically. <laughs> That's crazy. Twelve tackles all season, averaged you one point per fantasy week. But had three fumble recoveries, <laughs> so he's worthless basically because you're banking on a fumble recovery to make your week. That ain't happening. Right. Um, ninth was Minka Fitzpatrick, who he he turned that Pittsburgh team around by himself, even without a quarterback. Yep, um, he, he sure really did. did plug them in. I mean, they gave up a first for him and. Ended up winning a bunch of games, which hurt Miami a little bit, but you know they still got a pretty decent first-round pick. And then number 10 was Justin Houston. Actually tied with three. We'll go down the list a little bit more. Marlon Humphrey was tied with three. Chandler Jones tied with three. Jordan Poyer tied with three. Uh, so, again, that's kind of a lucky stat. Right place, right time. You fall on the ball. You muscle it away from somebody under the pile. Um <laughs> Now we're getting to the stat, that that peanut punch stat, that strip, the forced fumble. This is what I like to look at because it shows the ability to make plays. And we got a bunch of guys on here that we've already talked about. Um, Some of them we'll talk about again. Uh, But uh, the top two linebackers in my mind this year, are the two guys leading the way in this category, Chandler Jones and TJ Watt. Yep. They both had phenomenal seasons. Um, and TJ Watt, I, I said I'd talk about him a little later. <laughs> He's the one outside linebacker that I think I want because he was consistent this year. He was, and that was a knock on him. That was my he, biggest knock on him, is he was not consistent. Now, he yeah. did have a three-and-a-half-point game against the Chargers and a three-and-a-half-point game against the Browns, but besides that, you're getting, like, eight or nine points a week. There's right. only two, three games this season he didn't have a sack or a half a sack. Like, he had sacks almost every single game this season, or at least a half. 
So I'm buying TJ Watt if I can get him. I probably can't get him for cheap because he does so much. He is a big name. He's got that Watt last name, which helps. <laughs> name cachet. It um, does. I don't want to trade him, though. If, if I'm a person who wants to maybe cash in on that Watt last name, I don't really think you should. No. Nope. Because um, I think as bad as Pittsburgh was this year, they're going to improve. And T.J. Watts, that building block on the defense, it's going to help them get there, I think. Um, I think T.J. Watt, uh, Cameron Hayward, Javon Hargrave, Devin White, Devin Bush, not White, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, <laughs> and Joe Hayden are kind of that, that crew. The rest of the parts could probably be changed out for something else, but that, that you know, five or six guys are going to be that the nucleus of that team on defense. Um, next up was Shaq Barrett with six. When you hit the quarterback a lot, chances are you can force a fumble. So he got six of those. Right. Uh, Ryan Anderson had five forced fumbles. Not a name we mentioned at all. Um, kind of blitzing linebacker from Washington. Uh, Jadavian Clowney uh, had four. There's a bunch with four, so I'm just going to rattle off the names of four from here on out because Clowney got a lot of heat. He only had three sacks this year, though. Like, I feel like he was such a big get for the Seahawks, but then he flashed in some games, and some games he was invisible. Right. Uh, But anyway, Max Crosby had four. Bud Dupree had four. Malcolm Jenkins, Matt Judon, Khalil Mack, even though his year was considered to be awful. Uh, Whitney Merciless had four. Yannick Ngakwe had four. Jordan Poyer had four. Logan Ryan had four. Terrell Suggs had four, even though he missed a couple games. Uh, Kawan Williams from San Francisco also had four, and that's the list with four. He had a bunch with three, too, so I'm not saying that you know we, we could keep going with this, but... Lots of, lots of players forcing fumbles. Again, those are all guys that I like because if you're making plays like that, those are guys you want to target. Uh, interceptions. And here's where the list gets a little interesting. We go from uh, front-line guys and mid-line guys to back-end guys. Uh, so Stephon Gilmore led the way with six, tied with Anthony Harris from Minnesota and Sheridavius White from Buffalo. Um, Anthony Harris kind of grew in me as the season went along. Not a stud safety, but makes plays. He does. He sure does. Yeah. Um, Tredavious White, Stephon Gilmore, are the two best corners in the league. Not for IDP, although they get they get they did pretty good in IDP. I'll I'll give them that. Um, but they are the two best hands down safe corners in the league right now. Um, and I know some people are going to say, well, Sherman, Sherman, Sherman's good. He's a little past his prime at this point. He's playing well. And I'll give him that. He, he has regained, I think, the step that I thought he lost before his Achilles injury. I'll give him that. Yeah, um, I do too. Uh, Bayard, your, your boy, we talked about him briefly yes. last week, had five. Uh, also with five, and here's the rest of the list that has five. Um, a very 
you know, normally you have one guy far and away and the rest kind of catching up. This was a pretty condensed list. Like, it's, it's pretty much chunked. You have Bayard with five, Fitzpatrick Minka with five, uh, Joe Hayden with five, J.C. Jackson from the Patriots with five, Janoris Jenkins, who switched teams after making uh, a insensitive slur. Uh, <laughs> and New Orleans is looking to re-sign, re-up him. I, yeah, I mean, he's a good player, man. I mean, good player just needs. To I mean, be. he did a boneheaded thing and said something he shouldn't have, and it kind of. Yeah, but then he he didn't even backpedal from it. He kind of just was like, "Ah, it's no big deal." You know what? One of our colleagues, uh, DFF Madman, said something. If you and it kind of stuck with me. If you really based your own oh, yeah, and yeah. buys and sells on what they do off the field. You know, it's a fantasy game. You're playing for what they do on the field. You can't really penalize them for what they do off the field. Well, it's a, it's a corner, so I'll cut bait and get somebody else. <laughs> of course you will. Of course you will. Because it's a corner. Who cares? Uh, you suck. Uh, Kevin King with five. Darius Leonard had five. And we didn't he, mention him on any of these lists because he missed some time with injury. He really yeah, did he, have a good season. He averaged 10 points per game. Um fantasy-wise, so yeah, he's he one of the top really fantasy season. producers, just not in the top list because he missed so much time with his concussion. Right. There is mumbling, mumblings about him discussing possibly stepping away when he was had this concussion issue, and he came out and said, no, that's not true. Right. But you got to think, if you're missing multiple weeks from a concussion, something's going on, and it's not good. Uh, but moving on, uh, Devin McCourty had five. Marcus Peters had five. And that's right. the list. Um, a lot of guys are four. A lot of guys are three. Uh, but we'd be here all day. We don't have <laughs> that kind of time right now. Uh, the money posi- the, the, the money stat that I know a lot of people take stock in when they are selecting pe- players for IDP, defensive ends especially, sacks. <laughs> yes. And I look at defense, and I, I like to see a guy with a lot of sacks on my team. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, Shaq Barrett, of course, led the way, tied with Chandler Jones with 19 apiece. Uh, Cameron Jordan, 15 and a half. So he signed a big mega deal in the offseason. He didn't rest on his laurels at all. He, he went after it. Uh, Danielle Hunter, we talked about him earlier, 14 and a half. He was tied with T.J. Watt with 14 and a half. It's Darius Smith with 13 and a half. Aaron Donald had 12. So he led defensive tackles in sacks, but you just expect to so much more from him. <laughs> uh, Preston Smith was next with 12. So the Smith brothers, uh, not related, but Smith brothers uh, right. in, in Green Bay. Joey Bosa. <laughs> hey, it's Joey. 11 and a half. Uh, he had 11 and a half with Bud Dupree, Dante Fowler, and Robert Quinn from Dallas. So, Robert Quinn trade. We talked about that. Uh, he was not outstanding, but serviceable for Dallas. And by the way, I think that Josh Allen got the nod over Max Crosby because he had a half more sack than Max Crosby. Possible. Possibly. But I would argue that those four for four forced fumbles were more valuable than half a sack. 
I would agree. Al- Allen had two forced fumbles. So the extra two forced fumbles for me puts him above Josh Allen. So I'm putting Crosby in my all-rookie team and taking out Josh Allen. Don't at me. And I couldn't argue with that. I mean, Crosby had a sensational season, especially when you consider Kalon Farrell was expected to be the guy. And, and, and actually it was the, Crosby that was the guy. So how about these apples here? Max Crosby had more sacks than Nick Bosa, too. Oh, yeah, he did. Ten and nine. Yep. Max Crosby's defensive rookie of the year. I I think he is, too. I would I would have put him above uh, Nick Bosa if I had a vote. Just saying. Stat-wise, I know Bosa did bring the – I don't want to say the whole package, but made that Niners defense a whole package. Right. Really, really helped them to hum, whereas Max Crosby was, you know – the Lone Ranger, it seemed like, on that line. See, you know, they, they found a pass rusher. It wasn't the guy they thought they were getting, but they, they found Max Crosby. Um, so that's a breakdown of stats here, and you can look at some other stats. You can look at weekly leaders. Um, if you're doing your own research, I, I suggest you do. Honestly, I mean, we can talk to you and you can ask us questions and we can give you our opinion based on our, you know, years of experience in IDP and playing in leagues. Um, And a lot of it, I look at some stats, I look at some film, I look at, you know, I don't really lean on one thing over another. I know snaps is a big deal for me. If you're not getting snaps, I don't want you really on my team because if you're out on the field, you can't make plays. And I, I look at sacks and tackles for losses a lot, especially for your linemen, because if they're getting in the backfield, they're making plays. <laughs> and, you know, chances are they might be making those forced fumbles and fumble recoveries, things like that. Um, so we'll get into more strategy. You know, we'll have a strategy show. I think we did one of those last season as well. Um, but, yeah, if you have any recommendations for shows, hit us up. Uh, our DMs are open, so you can let us know what you like, what you don't like, um, and just uh, you know, let us know what's going on. All right. Got a couple Reddit questions if you want to hit them real quick. Yeah, we can. We'll try to run through these real quick. Um, uh, <laughs> Yannick Supersonic, he wants to know... Besides Chase Young, what rookies will make an impact in their first season? And do you have any second- and third-year players worth targeting in a trade with a low price tag? So second year as in they were rookies this year, I guess? Yeah, second- and third-year guys. Do you have any that's uh, good buy-low values right now? Okay. Uh... I like to look at the injured players that didn't really get a shot. Um, So I don't have any off the top of my head that I can think of right now because I kind of, I kind of have, uh, I really haven't looked too much at waiver wires and things like that because I kind of, I kind of take a couple weeks off. Yeah. I think his first question besides Chase Young, what rookies will have an impact in the first year? I think you got to look at Grant Delpit. 
Absolutely. You definitely look at Isaiah Simmons. I think you look at AJ Espineza. Um, then after that, it kind of gets a little sketchy. Maybe Okuda, the corner, if you're needing a, if you play in a position specific league. Second and third year guys. Um, maybe Rashawn Evans, if you can get him cheap. I think you look there. Uh, yeah, although I think that. Sh- Getting him cheap, I think that ship might have sailed. I do too, but you may get lucky and find him maybe kind of cheap. I think those, like you said, players that were injured or didn't get a, a good shake this season might be some targets. But uh, other than that, I think that's where we're at. Yeah, so rookie-wise, I'm with you with those. I mean, depends on what position you're looking at. Edge rushers... I mean, there's Chase Young and Espinenza, and then there's everybody else, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Daryl uh, Taylor will be a good one. You know, I think Troy Dye is a good player from Oregon. Yeah. Um, um, he's, he's, you know, we I haven't really started my digging into tape. I know you've been doing this for, like... Yeah, for a while. <laughs> a while. Um, if you really want to get into it, there's a guy from uh, Wyoming, uh, his, a linebacker named Logan Wilson. Uh, has been gaining a lot of traction. Probably, I would probably put him in a second round right now. And I think some NFL scouts have said that as well. You know, he's he's a second round talent. Now, whether he goes there or not, that remains to be seen. But he can really uh, he can really play. Yeah. Um, our next question is from DJ Kelton, Keltown. He says, "Are you worried about Matt?" Ionitis losing snaps with the scheme change in Washington. And he also wants to know thoughts on Marcus Davenport being a disappointment. Well, I think the first question as far as Matt Ionitis, um, they have not taken Chase Young yet, have they? That's No, they haven't, and that's kind of where I'm at. Until they turn the card in, they could always do something I mean, I don't want to say stupid because taking a quarterback or trading back, I, I, I honestly think the Redskins should trade back. They have more holes than they had. Than, than I do too, but even if they take... Chase Young is going to fix. You know, even if they take Chase Young, I think he is that outside linebacker spot, maybe. I mean, because you're going to have uh, Payne and... Um, They're officially switching to a 4-3. Yes. You're going to have Payne and maybe Allen as D-tackles. Allen may play defensive end with with uh, Kerrigan. And then you're going to have Sweat as an outside linebacker or defensive end. I'm with you. Until they take Chase Young, I'm not worried right now. Until they turn the card in and they don't trade. Right. Because I, I think very well. There might be a team crazy enough to trade up for Tua. I think that team could be the Miami Dolphins. And you got to remember – what are they going to do with Kerrigan? They, I mean, they may let him go because he's kind of been of a disappointment this year. So, well, I think I think we we discussed this with uh, Waltner, and he yeah. said the cap the cap hit's kind of severe for, for Kerrigan, isn't it? I think maybe, but so I think he's there. I just think you'll see a rota- anyway. I think yeah. you'll see like a four guy rotation in there if they take if they take Young, yeah, which they should if they're staying there. Um, I think, I think then 
you let Kerrigan and Ioannidis. I mean, they're going to play defensive end. Brown. Um, edge rusher, whatever, you know. like They're, they're going to be on the line. Brown. You're not going to have... I mean, even Kerrigan, he doesn't drop into coverage barely at all. No, he's like so a situ- he's, situational he's, pass rusher, so... Yeah, and I think you'll see them hand the reins over to the two young guys eventually. Ioannidis is going to lose some snaps, I think, either way. And I think Ioannidis can kind of kick inside at times. So, Yeah, but who are you going to – I mean, I know you're going to rotate through, but you know, Payne and Allen, are you really going to take those guys off the field right. major, in major situations? No, you're going to have them in there on third downs. Where Ioannidis, you know, third downs is probably a big, big for him this past year. Right. He go on the line and have Sweat and um, Kerrigan rushing too. So I mean, I think either way you look at it, if if Young is drafted by the Redskins, Ioannidis' playing time goes down. I think unless you you keep saying like it's a done deal that Kerrigan's going to get dropped. I think that's that's not a done... I think Kerrigan's around for next year, and then maybe he moves on. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he's done, but I'm kind of like you. This year, maybe he sticks, then he's gone. But you've got a front four with uh, Payne, Allen, Sweat, and if you draft Young, you're going to have Young there. I mean, that's about as good well, as a front take, four. Taking Young out of the equation and just looking at who's there now, you're looking at three guys that will probably rotate around. I so you exactly. have Kerrigan, Ioannidis, and Sweat. Sweat's number, stat, snap counts should increase this year. Being a rookie, they didn't really play him a lot, it seemed like. Um, so Sweat's numbers should come up. Right. And Ionitis's and Kerrigan's will probably come down. I think I mean, Kerrigan's comes down more than Ionitis because Kerrigan did. Yeah, really but I mean, perform. the question was, are you concerned? Yeah, a little bit because especially yeah, if, Chase, if Chase Young goes there, you're going to tell me you're going to bench the second overall pick. Right. You're out of your mind. Unless he's hurt, he's not. He's playing. Like, right. Unless he's hurt. He's going to play. Yeah. They, they can't come after him for some bogus loan True. nonsense in the pros. He can he can loan, take a loan from whoever he wants to. And then his second question was thoughts on Marcus Davenport being a, a disappointment. One of the things I think we need to, to pause on Marcus Davenport is uh, when he was a draft prospect, raw yep. was a term used to describe him. Yep. He's still learning the game. He is. The Saints used a very high draft pick on him because they saw something they liked. Yeah, he didn't have the greatest year. He was injured down the stretch, so he really didn't get to finish the year. Um, I, I still like his upside. I still think he shows some things on the field that you, you saw in college. You know, the quick burst. Yep. Um, he's he, he's also playing against left tackles here, guys. <laughs> All right. Cameron Jordan gets the easy right tackle assignment. He's going against the big boys. So, not the big boys, but the better tackles play on the left side. And, you know, Cam, Cam Jordan kind of camps out on that right side. 
against the right tackles. So, and I mean, he despite his issues, he had a career year. I mean, career high in tackles, career high in sacks with six. Career yeah, high, I mean, it's uh, not a bad GB year. Hits. I mean, he, no, he didn't have a bad year at all. I think the injuries is the concern. Uh, you mm-hmm. get him fully healthy. You get him on that line with Jordan. And I think they're – and they've got a young guy named uh, Shy Tuttle and uh, Sheldon Rankins and those guys. I think that's a formidable front line if you can just get him healthy and yeah. keep him on if, the field. If Rankins can stay healthy because this yeah, is the second true. time he's, he's suffered a pretty big injury towards yeah. the end of the season. Um, Shy Tuttle, you mentioned him. Uh, he's a good-looking player. Yep. He came, kind of came out of nowhere and was uh, very, you know, defensive tackle specifically. Um, he's a he's got a stash. Oh yeah. See what shakes out on the front line, but he was making a lot of plays. Um, you know, maybe not huge for IDP, but if you're making plays, the coaches take notice of that kind of stuff. Like, and if you're making plays, they're gonna put you out there. I agree. I mean, he had the big interception return, had some sacks, had a lot of pressures. Uh, yeah. He's a former Vol, too. So He stepped up, of course, of course. It all <laughs> comes back to that. But, uh, you know, go, going back to, to just if, if you make plays, the coaches put you out there. They trust yep. you to make a play. They trust you to, to you know, he's thrown into it. They didn't trust him at first, obviously, but he right. was thrown into it. And out of injury comes some gems every once in a while. Yep, that opportunity yeah. is a big thing. TB12 would not be TB12 if Bledsoe doesn't get hurt. Absolutely. So, I mean, injury creates opportunity, and opportunity creates an opportunity for talent to, to show through. And, you know, there's not talent there. It's not going to happen. Right. And that's one of the things, one of the arguments that a lot of people have is uh, talent over oppor- or, uh, talent or opportunity. And I think you need to have talent and opportunity to maximize. Um, but I'll take... See, an IDP, it's such a fickle, a fickle thing. Opportunity almost rules your decision making. Yeah, it, you still stash talent, but when you're starting every week, you got to have opportunity to start yeah. in your roster. And if you're not starting, um, then you're gonna lose stuff. Right. Um, and we got one more final one. Uh. Let's say one Great more, and then we need to wrap this up. We're, we're yep. on like. Great name here. here. Vinny the Pooh, not 1297. Gotta love it. Vinny the Pooh. Uh, he says he's a third year guy in a full dynasty league, took over an orphan team that's. He's trying to pull it out of the dumps. Uh, he's not very familiar with the IDP and would like uh, any help that he can get looking for rankings and stuff like that. Um, He's in a 12-team league. Defensive scoring is basically not big scoring. Uh, Interceptions, forced fumbles, three. Uh, Tackles for loss, three. But sacks and tackles are one. So it's not a sack-heavy scoring league. It's not a tackle. Uh-huh. That's not good. Like, Yeah. So sacks are meaningless. So your defensive ends are kind of meaningless. In this and league. it's a position specific league. You start one tackle, two ends, four linebackers, two corners, and two safeties. Yeah, I don't. I I I've heard different score. That's that scoring system just eh. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand you get the tackle, you get the sack, and you get you know, but. 
that's just not rewarding a sack. Like, well, looking at it from his point, the sack is really five because you get four for the tackle for loss. Yeah, uh, you do get four for tackle. Okay, I, I get it now. Yeah, so you kind of get it yeah. there. So, so what I, what was the question in there? <laughs> Um, he's just looking at uh, he says his league is forced to build through the draft so okay. any help I guess he's looking for draft picks he's looking um, what he should do he says lined up linebackers end up being the most consistent as they usually do in most leagues yeah. mm-hmm. um, so let's start off with the first first of all right. first of all Listen to IDP Nation. Yes, absolutely. That's the first recommendation. Because we will be bringing the draft coverage, IDP coverage, all offseason, every week. Yep, yep, yep. Almost every week. I think with his scoring, I think, I guess he's wanting help through the draft, so you got to look at your linebackers first. Isaiah Sanders, of course. David Woodward of uh, Utah State. Logan Wilson of um, of uh... so so hold on, hold, freeze before before we get into like throwing <laughs> names at the dude. He needs to listen to IDP Nation. He needs to follow Daryl. Then maybe follow me after that. Follow IDP <laughs> Nation on Twitter. Go sign up on our Instagram page. Yes, fill out the survey. Uh, but in reality, he needs to not worry about who he's drafting right this second. Right. It is a long process from now until August or April. I'm sorry, not August. April 23rd <laughs> is when the draft actually happens. Unless your draft is happening tomorrow. Sounds like it's not. I mean, if it is happening soon, then obviously reach out to us and we'll try to help you out the best we can. Uh, we don't even have the full list of people that have declared. Like we still have uh, decisions yeah. between the Clemson guys. Are they coming out? Um, yep. You know, NTN and Higgins, and I know those are offensive guys, but really, those offensive guys are going to make a big impact on how f- further down the IDPs get pushed. Because NTN and Higgins are probably going to go above any IDP that is going to come off the board. You could maybe argue Chase Young. I'm not sure you can argue anybody else. over. There is such... And I know a lot of these guys, like Chuba Hubbard went back to school. Uh, I think Najee Harris went back to school. A lot of these guys went back to school. And... uh, (laughs) I'm I'm not them. But, I mean, I guess if, if you can stay in school, you know, I should be promoting staying in school, getting your degree. But um, <laughs> millions of dollar signs in front of my face. I don't think I could say no. Especially, yeah, I, I think these guys are getting told they're going to be drafted late and not get paid as much as if they stay in school, blow up. And this other class, this 2021 class, which is now... That stock, <laughs> that stock is coming up for a yep. lot of those guys that are, you know, they're going to be higher draft picks. Uh, but there is so many talented offensive players in this draft. If you're in a super flex league, Joe Burrow's going one. 
no matter what, I think. Some people might argue that, but in super flex, you need the quarterbacks. Um, you got a whole host of running backs, a whole host of wide receivers still, even with some people going back to school. I mean, you're looking 10 deep before you're even thinking about taking an IDP, I think. Yeah. I, mean, I know like you, you, might, said, you, you might disagree with me on that, but there is such elite offensive talent in this draft. and There is. I, I think this is definitely where last year, I think last year was the defensive sort of the draft. Well, um, last year was very top-heavy. In a way, it was. But there was a lot of good know, depth pieces, but a lot of the depth pieces that were, I want to say, the way the drafts went for me, you had your top-heavy pieces that produced, and then you had your flyer guys, like your last pick of, you know, Max Crosby. Lots of, you know, um, you know, Savage and Thornhill worked out. You know, those were taken pretty high, but it was pretty top-heavy. And I think a lot of your idp drafts are going to be like that because a lot of times these teams don't want to trust a rookie to 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 be out there especially in the back end where things are so important right um yeah and i i want to i want to just i mean obviously reaching out for help is always something we're willing to do it's a little early on in the process i haven't even watched half my film I, I've, yeah, I've watched. It's super I've, early. It's super early. You know these these bowl games coming up. Keep an eye on them. Because um, because draft hype will get you yep. know get into full swing. You know combine comes around that kind of stuff. You know you're looking at three big dates coming up or three big weekends coming up for draft stock. Eat the the Shrine game and the, and the NLPA bowl this weekend. That can yeah, that can bowl, that can well hold hold your horses here because that's the following weekend. <laughs> this weekend is the Shrine game and the NLPA NFLPA bowl. So those gentlemen that are playing in those games, this is their chance to shine, and and the people that shine, their their stock will go up. Right. The people that look terrible, well, their stock will come down. <laughs> we got a couple of former guests on these games, so we'll be paying close eye to them, and hopefully they perform and get their stock up a little bit. Uh, then the Senior Bowl you mentioned before yep. you cut me off here. Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl has single-handedly propped up some of these guys, you know, you look at the New York Giants apparently only know how to draft senior bowl quarterbacks. They've done it for the past three years. Uh, Marcus Davenport made his stake of being a first-round pick at the senior bowl. He had the tape to make him a high pick, a day-two pick, and then the senior bowl propped him up into that first round. Um, what's his name? Uh, DJ Chark. Yes, had an amazing catch in the Senior Bowl, a couple years. I think it was two years ago, right? Uh, yes, two years ago. So, the guys that shine, they're playing against the best talent in college. That's a pretty good indication of can they shine in that game? If they can shine in that game, they can probably translate that over to the pros. Because you're playing with people that are going to be pros next year. 
Right. So some of these small school guys that, you know, you knock because they're small school guy, if they can show it here, then they got the talent to make it to the next level. You know, if they get burnt and, and you know, torched, then it might be a tough road. Right. Um, now, granted, it's very – the rules for these these games are, are kind of – you know, you're only allowed to blitz a certain amount of time, like some of those crazy stuff that they do. Um, you know, some of it's not real, you know, I'll, I would say it's not real football, but it's not, you know, traditional football, I guess is what I want to say. It is real football. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and then the last weekend I, I was saying for these guys, the combine is, you oh, know, yeah. love That's it or hate one. it, you know, whether you're a stat guy or you crunch these, you know, algorithms and. You look at all the you know, player profile stuff. I don't really look at all that. I look at your your forty time. I, I like I like watching the drills. How fluid do you look when you're doing these drills? Are you running exactly. in a straight line when you're doing these drills, or yep. are you drifting? Are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Are can you stiff? You... you know, a lot of these players yeah. they're just stiff as can be. I mean. And that's not what you want at certain positions. I mean, you want that fluid movement, that easy flows type stuff. So, yeah. And speaking of, not necessarily at the combine, but at these at these uh, these bowl games, can you take direction from a coach? Yes. Can a coach tell you, "Hey, try this," and you're actually going to put that into practice? Because coaches want people that will listen and are coachable yep if you're not coachable they don't want you on the team mike singletary can't win with him <laughs> right i know i know that's a 49er quote but uh there you I, go 49er fans i, I like mike singletary he's a good I, team i do too i'd forgotten that <laughs> i can't, can't win, win with him like <laughs> If you are uncoachable, you're not going to make it in the NFL. So that's one of the things you have to really. And Marcus Davenport was one of those guys that you know people pulled aside and said, "Here, you know, here's what you need to do. You know, you try this. You know." And um, who was it? Uh, you know, I think it was the combine. Somebody was coaching. Belichick was coaching somebody up. That was last year, wasn't it? Wasn't Nick Bosa? Oh man, who was it? I think it was Nick Bosa last year. He was he was coaching them all. It might have been. I know because uh, I, I remember him saying, "There's no way you're going to fall to us." But you know, yeah. And, uh, and you're right. These all-star games, events, combines are huge. Marcus Davenport, for for example, the Senior Bowl week made him a ton of money. I mean, his absolutely his, his value skyrocketed from that. I already whole talked week. about that, but yes, yeah. I mean, Turned it from a day two pick to a day one pick. So. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's crucial that you show out at these uh, combines yep. and all star games and pro days and all this stuff. All right, well, have no fear, we will be here weekly um, yep. for for you know till maybe I don't know. Daryl and I need a week off. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably try to go one or twice once or twice a week here, um, giving me information. Um, maybe if we're crunching on some future projects that we have going on we might need to uh take a week off to do those but um especially around crunch time 
but we'll be here uh, for your questions. Again, uh, I don't mean to, to say I can't help you right now, but that's kind of what I'm saying. Unless your draft's like tomorrow, and then we'll help you out the best we can. But quite honestly, I've been dug into a lot of these guys, and uh, I, I do my scouting not in one shot. I kind of try to space it out a little bit. So I will say this, while this is a big offensive year, don't overlook some of the value that you can get with the IDPs because they're going to yeah. fall, they're going to slide, and there's going to be some really good talent. You know, once you get past the top heavy guys, like we mentioned, Simmons, uh, Delpit, um, oh, my, my mind just went blank. But anyway, those big guys up front, don't concentrate so much on them because there's going to be a lot of good talent that slides late in drafts in your rookie drafts that are that are going to be really good and keep it tuned here because we will be the ones to tell you about these guys absolutely we will get you dialed in and help you all we can yep before we get out of here uh myfantasyfootballshirt.com is your place to get your idp nation t-shirt um so t-shirt coffee mug um, yep and you know Valentine's Day is is almost exactly That's a month away. True. There's so, nothing your wife would want more than an IDP Nation T-shirt. I'm that's sure. exactly right. While she's sipping coffee out of her IDP Nation cup. That's true. So, help us out. Uh, I know we've asked for a lot of help. Some of it is free help. Yep. Five star and survey monkey, and some of it <laughs> is compensated by uh, hooking us up with some merchandise purchases. Um, hey, it's a shirt. Like you get something. Like, That's right. It, it is something. It's not just throwing money into a abyss. You get something out of the deal. There you go. Uh, so check out myfantasyfootballshirt.com. Uh, there's some other podcasts over there, but uh, you know this is your favorite. That's right. And uh, we're still here. Some of your other podcasts uh, have abandoned you, like we did about a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got a joke around about that. You know, we, we, we wanted to record, trust me. But Yeah, uh, we did. Timing didn't work out. Yep, holidays, so, timing, just kind of, we needed a break yeah. too, so. Yeah, I think we needed a mental break as well. Yeah. Before we had a mental breakdown. Uh, but anyway, uh, the outro music is kicking in now. Raise your hand if your team is still in the playoffs. Woo! Uh, I'll have my comments for you off air. Raise your hand. So I don't have to edit them out. Raise your hand. I don't care that my team's out of playoff. Go Hawks anyway. Tighten up. I'm not a Fairweather fan. I'm with them win or lose. Say it, Dan. Tighten up. I want to hear you say it. Tighten up. Uh, AFCO. (laughs) (laughs) I'll hedge my bets that way. Uh, Good night now. Later. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Two hours, almost. Awesome.